You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Matthew chapter 13 in your Bibles, we see in this passage, we see the parable that Jesus gives of the sower and the seed. Verse number one, the same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. And great multitudes were gathered together unto him so that he went into a ship and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore and he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he had sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. Because they had no root, they withered away, and some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some an hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. And verse 9. Jesus says, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. I know, I understand this as a parable. I understand that Jesus taught to those that were gathered there on the seashore. But I want to remind you this evening that God has something for us to hear tonight. He that hath an ear, Revelation tells us, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Here in Matthew 13, uh, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. We get down to verse number 18, and in verse number 18, Jesus says, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. He explains to his disciples uh, what is the meaning, what is the point, what is the truth for people to understand about this parable. Verse 19, When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one. Now, who is the wicked one? This, this is not a trick question. The wicked one is the devil, the Satan. We find in the book of Luke, he is referred to as the devil who comes and he'll try to steal away uh, that thought. He'll try to steal away that seed that has been sown. But the wicked one cometh and snatcheth or catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while, for when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches. They choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. But he that received seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word, and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit, and bringeth forth some an hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Father, I pray you'd speak to our hearts tonight as we look at this a very familiar passage of Scripture. But Lord, as I have studied and as I have prepared for this message, I have been so convicted uh, of the, the, the amazing truths that are right in front of me that so many times I overlook, so many times I, I fail to take into consideration and I fail to practice. 
And Lord, I want to be obedient to your word and I want to uh, do what you have called me to do. And I pray that these dear folks here tonight would feel the same. And I pray that they would be open. I pray they'd be receptive uh, to what the Holy Spirit of God has to say to us tonight. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. By way of introduction tonight, I want you to see uh, that there is a, a, a multitude that has gathered and Jesus is by the sea. So Jesus is on the, the sea and if maybe if you would imagine that, uh, uh, that, that, that here are the people and, and Jesus is at the edge of the water and the people are, are so close and, and he doesn't have the ability to speak to as many people and so he gets on a boat. And that boat pushes away from the shore and now he has maybe a better opportunity, a better vantage point to be able to speak to all the crowds that were gathered there. We see that the people came uh, to the sea and then Jesus pushes out in, in that boat, in that ship. And I'm thankful for people that are hungry and people that are desirous to hear something from God. Doesn't that bless your heart? Now, I hope that's why you're here tonight. Uh, I, I understand sometimes, if we're not careful, we come to church just because it's what we're supposed to do. And if that's the reason you came to church, I'm glad you came. I am so glad you're here. Because if you're not here, you're not going to hear the message. But if you're here, at least you have a better shot at hearing what God has for you from his word. And so these people were desirous that they, they had come to where Jesus was and they were listening. And as Jesus pushes out in that ship, uh, they're gathered on the seashore and he begins to speak to them. I see number one, Jesus talks about the sower. Well, well who is the sower? Not much is said about the sower. As a matter of fact, there's not a job description. There are not qualifications that have to be met. But we find that the sower, the, the person who is sowing seed, you ready for this? This is us. That's you. That's me. And you say, well, if this is us, if we are the sowers, if we are the ones that are supposed to be doing this job, then what do we do? Well, what does a sower do? A sower takes the seed and he spreads it. She spreads it. Uh, the sower does not collect seeds and have a collection. The sower does not gather seeds and store them all up in a barn somewhere and say, hey, look how many seeds I've got. A sower's job is to get the seed out. And I want to tell you, friend, it's not that complicated. As a matter of fact, you don't have to be an expert and I don't have to be an expert. I, I've met many quote unquote experts that knew how to do it, but they never did it. I'd rather just, I'd rather be a beginner. I'd rather be a rookie. I'd rather be a novice and say, you know, hey, I really, I don't know how to do it, but hey, I can give somebody a gospel track. Hey, I can go and I can put a Bible on somebody's door. I can invite somebody to public servants day. I can invite somebody to come to the ladies luncheon. I can tell somebody about Jesus. I can give somebody my testimony, but that's what a sower does. A sower must sow. We'll get to it in a moment, but we find that the seed is the word of God. So, so here's our responsibility. Our responsibility is just to share the gospel. Our responsibility is to preach the word. Our responsibility is to tell people how to be saved. Our responsibility is to get the word out. Acts 1.8, ye shall be witnesses 
unto me. Go ye therefore and preach the gospel to every creature. There's the sower. We find in scripture, we find some principles of sowing and reaping. One of the principles we find that is if you do not sow, you will not reap. You can think about it. You can talk about it. You can dream about it. You can organize, you can strategize, you can plan all you want to. But if you do not get the seed out, there will not be reaping. There will not be a harvest. And we have been given the responsibility to sow so we can reap. Now, one of the principles of sowing and reaping is that you always reap what you sow. So are we going to go out and we're going to tell everybody about how great our church is? We can go out and tell everybody about how many programs we've got. We can go out and tell people how they can be a better, better you and how they can have more self-esteem and how they can have a better life and how they can be uh, more financially. Is that why we're here? No, we're not here to sow seeds of, of, of what we can do for people and what we think people need. We are here to sow the seeds of the gospel because the gospel is what transforms, transforms the life. You always reap what you sow. You always reap in proportion to how you sow. If you want to have a big harvest, what do you do? You sow more seeds. If you want to have a little garden, then you just sow a few seeds. But if you want to have an entire field or fields or acres and acres of crop, you're going to have to do more sowing. And I'll say this, when it comes to souls, we want as many as possible. We're, we're, not, we're not limiting to say, well, you know, uh, well, we've only got room for this many or, oh, uh, you know, we don't want the church to get too big because if it gets too big, somebody might steal our seat. By the way, a lot of you had your seat stolen this morning and thank you for having a good spirit about it and thank you for being kind and gracious. Can I tell you this? The goal is not to keep it us for no more. The goal is that every creature gets the gospel. The goal is to sow and sow as much as we can so that as many people as possible can be saved. That's why we have various outreach ministries. That's why we have a jail ministry, Brother Chris. Every Friday, he is in the jail. And almost every Friday, somebody gets saved in that jail ministry. That's why we have a bus ministry. And, and while we were having public servants a service this morning, many of you, you were preaching and teaching and you were running buses and you were working in those junior churches. Why? Because those bus kids, they get saved and their families get saved. Brother Nathan led a teen uh, boy to the Lord in the bus teen church this morning. And to God be the glory. That's what it's all about. That's why we have master clubs. You know how many people get saved in master clubs? Ask Brother Charles about all the boys and girls through the years that have gotten saved because they came on a Wednesday night. In some cases, their parents dropped them off and said, yes, we want our children to be a part of a program like this. And they got saved. Praise God. I think about Jacob and Kendall. I think about your family that's been coming. And, and some of those uh, girls, they've come to me and told me, we got saved, Pastor. We're so excited. And to God be the glory. That's why we send out missionaries. Uh, that's why we started a Christian school. Now, I understand most of the children coming in are saved, but some of these younger ones, they're not yet. And so you know what we're doing? We're sowing the seeds of the gospel and we're working with the families and we're working with the teachers and we're working with the, the Sunday school teachers because we want them to get saved. We are sowing in proportion to how we want to reap. But then we find the principle in sowing and reaping that you always reap after you sow. And that's why some people give up because we don't see a harvest right away. 
Have you ever witnessed to somebody and they didn't get saved? I have <laughs> many times. But that's not up to me. I don't do the saving. I just do the sowing. I don't do the transformation. I just give out the gospel. I just let the Holy Spirit do the work. But I do my part and I try to do my best to share the gospel with people. That's our job. Galatians chapter 6. The Bible says, let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Just keep on sowing. As the sower, keep on sowing the seed. Sowing represents work. You see, if sowing and, and planting and farming, if that were easy, everybody would be doing it, right? But many Christians don't do it. You know why? Because it takes work. It takes time. It takes effort. It, it, it takes doing it on purpose. Very rarely, very rarely do I give out a gospel track by accident. Most of the time, it's on purpose. And most of the time, it's because the Holy Spirit says, you need to give that guy a gospel track. You need to witness to that person. And it's work, and it, and it takes some, maybe you have to overcome some fear. Maybe you have to overcome some embarrassment. What will they think about? I don't know all that, but here's what I know. We are the sowers, and we are to sow the seed. We are to get out the seed of the word of God. Don't be discouraged in sowing. Some people will not receive it, but our job is to keep on sowing. Number one, we see the sower. Number two in this passage, we see the seed. Now, in Luke chapter 8, verse number 11, the Bible makes it very clear. It says these words, the seed in this parable, the seed is the word of God. That's exactly what the seed is. It is this book right here. And this is what we're sowing. This is what we're giving out. It's not man's idea. It's not a church's philosophy. It is the word of God. It is the inspired, inerrant, infallible, forever preserved word of God that we are sharing. That is the seed. Let me tell you, there is power in the seed. First Peter chapter 1, the Bible says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. I have a picture or two. If you men have that up there, I want you to see the picture up here. This is uh, on my street. I walk past this every week. And this is not an old road. Lakeview Drive was just, just paved last year. And it, it's beautiful. And, and they did a wonderful job. But they paved it. And that grass was not growing through the road when they paved it. They paved it, it's two or three, I think, sometimes even four inches thick that they do that asphalt. And, and, and I walk, I don't walk to church every day, but most days I'll walk up and down this, this, this drive here. And I remember one day, I remember seeing where the, the asphalt was cracking. And it was just little, and I thought, what in the world is that? And then the next day, a little bit more, and then sure enough, there's a little sprout of grass coming through three or four inches of asphalt. Friend, I want to tell you, that's some power in that little bit of grass that, that from a seed or from a root or from uh, whether it's from under the ground, whatever, but that's powerful. If you would have asked me when they laid that road, do you think anything's going to grow through here in the first week or two? I'd say no. I'd say maybe after years, if it cracks or if it gets worn down, maybe there'd be an opening. But that grass didn't wait for an opening. That grass came through that asphalt almost immediately. Can I tell you what that's a reminder of? There is power 
in the seed. And friend, there's more power in the seed of the word of God than there is in any plant, any grass, any crop. There is power in the word of God to change a life. I'm not talking about, again, I'm not talking about seven steps to be a better person. I'm talking about the transformation of the gospel. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You have one more picture up there. I think it's, it's the same. It's just a, a close-up. If you don't, that's fine. But look at that. And you know, when I saw that, I thought, if you would have asked me before, I'd say that's impossible. That could not happen. And friend, there's some hard cases out there. There's some people you may say they'll never get saved. There's some people out there you say, oh, there is no way they're ever going to come to Christ. Well, you have forgotten about the power that is in the seed of the word of God because this book is powerful. The gospel has power. Thank you, fellas. You can go back to the other screen so we're not mesmerized for the rest of the service just trying to figure out how that happened. Hebrews 4.12, the Bible says, For the word of God is quick and powerful, is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Romans chapter 10, I, I quoted from Romans 10 this morning, uh, verse number 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But then in verse number uh, 14, it says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how should they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Verse 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There is power in the seed. There is no problem with the seed. The problem, many times, is with the sower. The problem, many times, I believe there's a lot of people that would get saved if somebody would just share Jesus with them. I see, number one, the sower. Number two, I see the seed. But then number three, I see the soil. The soil in this parable represents the heart of man. It represents your heart, my heart. It represents how the word of God is received. We all have a free will. We all have the opportunity to choose. God will not force you to get saved. God will not force you uh, to do his will. God will give you the choice. He'll give you the, 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 the opportunity to decide for yourself. You and I cannot control anyone else's soil. You say, well, so-and-so, boy, they just got a hard heart, and I'm going to work on them. Well, you can pray for them, and you can witness to them, and you can, you can pray that God will do the work, but you're not going to change them. Sometimes you'll get people locked in reverse. You try to be the one to do it. And maybe right now, maybe you're thinking of a, of a hard case. Maybe you're thinking of a hard heart. And can I tell you, you can't control that, and I can't control that. But we can still pray that God would change the heart. Uh, uh, Proverbs 21, 1, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord as the rivers of water. He turneth it whithersoever he will. The Bible talks to all of us, even as Christians, about breaking up our fallow ground. Our hearts all become hard at times. Now, hang on. 
I understand this is talking about people getting saved and people receiving the gospel. I understand that, but, but oh, stay with me. Did you know I've met some Christians that have been saved that had hard hearts? As a matter of fact, I've been one of those. There have been times in my life where when it comes to the word of God, if you ask me, does the word of God have power? I would say, yes, it does. If you ask me, does the word of God, does it have the power to transform a life? I would say, yes, it does. But there have been some times in my life where the preacher will get up to preach and I'm sitting in the pew and my heart's not good soil. My heart's hard. Maybe I've got other things going on in my life. Maybe there's some distractions. I, I, and, and by the way, wherever you're sitting tonight, that's great. Don't change it. You're fine. But I've heard people say this, say, well, you know, people come to church and, you know, the ones that sit up closest to the front, they're the ones that are the ones paying attention, the ones in the back. Well, now that I see Miss Irma and Miss Judy in that back row, maybe that is, no, no, no. But can I tell you, I've, I've sat up front. I've sat on the front row before and my mind was a million miles away. I've sat on the front row before and I was close to the preaching and, and the preacher was preaching. The problem was not with the preacher. The problem was not with the word of God. The problem was with my heart. By the way, and, and again, I have no idea uh, who's out right now. I know we've got nursery workers. I know we've got pastor's pals. I know we've got security. I know we've got people in the sound room and that's wonderful. But can I tell you, when you come to church and you ought to come to church, I believe in church. I believe there's power in the word of God. I believe there's power in preaching. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, the Bible says, uh, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. I believe we need preaching. Uh, and, and some of you, you're out in ministries, and you're doing bus ministry, and you're doing master clubs, and you're doing pastor's pals, and you're doing junior church, and, and, and we need people to do that. But as often as you can, you need to get under the preaching of the word of God. Not because of the preacher, but because of the power of the seed. Because of the power of the word of God. I see the soil. There are four types of soil that are listed here. I'll give them to you quickly. Number one, there is the wayside. The wayside represents the seed that never really gets in the heart. The Bible says that the, the, the devil, the wicked one, snatches it away. Luke chapter 8 and verse number 12. There's the wayside. Maybe that's been you. Even after you got saved, maybe there's been time where the preacher was preaching and it went in one ear and out the other. Maybe you were having your devotions. And you were reading your Bible. And you were reading the Bible and you got done with your Bible reading and you said to yourself... What in the world did I just read? <laughs> I don't remember any of it. You say, does that happen to people? I, I, I hope it happens to you. I, mean, I, don't, I don't hope it happens to you, but it would make me feel better because sometimes it happens to me. You know what I'm saying? You under, are you with me? Are, are we on the same page? Okay, good. <laughs> maybe I should just ask if you're even listening to this message now. You know, maybe that'd be a good place to start. Uh, do I need to start over? Do I need to go back to the beginning? Are we okay? But it's the wayside. It's the seed that never gets in. It never finds a place in our heart. Uh, maybe we try to process it mentally, but we never allow it to speak to us spiritually. There's the wayside. Then there's the soil of the stony places. The Bible says that the stony places, that soil, that the seed gets in, but it 
does not get deep roots. And so it's in the, the soil, but it doesn't go deep. And so it grows, but then the sun comes up and just scorches it because it does not have deep roots. Now, there's many things I could say about this, but let me say a couple. Number one, I believe every person needs to be grounded in a church. And I don't mean that your name is on a roll. I mean that you are sitting in a pew and you are serving in a ministry and you are actively a part of a church and you are growing and you are serving and you are helping one another. I believe that with all my heart. If I didn't, I promise you, I would have canceled Sunday night and Wednesday night a long time ago and I'd say, let's just have one fun service on Sunday and let's do most of it online. I believe we need to be grounded in church. But let me go a step further. If you're grounded in church but you're not grounded in the word of God, that sun is going to scorch you. The pressures of life and the problems of life and the disappointments and the heartaches, they are going to, they're going to fry you and you are not going to have the root to be able to withstand the, the, the pressures because you've not got grounded in the word of God. It's all surface Christianity. And friend, I want to tell you, we've got enough of that. We need some folks that will get rooted and grounded in the word of God. Dig your, your roots deep in the Bible. Get your foundation dug deep in the word of God. So when the storms come, your house, as it says in Matthew 7, your house can withstand the storms. There's the wayside. There's the stony places where the, the, the seed never gets rooted. It starts to grow, but it never gets a good root. The Bible says that persecution comes and tribulation comes and people get offended. Wow, was this written in 2023? Wow, was this written in, in, in today, in this society, when everybody gets offended about everything? People get offended not because of what you said, but because of what you didn't say. Oh, man, I'm telling you what, I get in trouble for what I say, but if I'm getting in trouble for what I don't say, I'm really in trouble. And then we get in trouble, and people get upset because of how you look at somebody. Oh, I mean, God forbid. I mean, it's amazing how, how everybody knows what you're thinking. And everybody knows how they looked at me. And I know what they were thinking when they looked at me like that. Friend, honestly, I'm amazed that you have that ability because I don't have that mind-reading ability. I'd love to get your secrets on it. But people get offended. And let's take it a step further. If we're honest with ourselves, we get offended. We've been there. You've been there, you've been in a church service or you've been in a, a setting like this perhaps or a ministry and somebody says something and you, your reaction is, I can't believe they said that to me. How dare they do that? How dare they say that? But friend, I want to tell you, if we'll get rooted and grounded, not just in church, not just in an assembly, but if we'll get rooted and grounded in the word of God, the Bible tells us we're not going to have to worry about those things because our foundation is so much deeper than our feelings. Our foundation is in our faith and what the Bible teaches and what we believe. Number three, I see there's the soil where the seed grows, the, the, the plant grows, but there are thorns. And the Bible says that those thorns, they, they choke out the seed. It's the, the cares of this world. And it's interesting, it says it's the deceitfulness of riches. You know what destroys 
Some Christians, and when I say destroys a, a Christian, you don't lose your salvation. You're still saved. You're still a child of God. Uh, but your effectiveness is gone. Your testimony is gone. Uh, your, your ability to serve God is gone because you get so wrapped up in the almighty dollar that all you can focus on is how can I get a bigger house? How can I get a nicer car? How can I get more money in the bank account? How can I get a raise? How can I get a promotion? And I'm not against those things, but that is a deceitful, uh, deceitful life when you think that's the goal. And when you think that's going to bring you happiness, I've got news for you. Read about the billionaires in our world today. And you know what they'll all tell you? That the money does not make you happy. You say, well, I'd at least like to try it out for a while. No, you wouldn't. Because the deceitfulness of riches will choke out the seed of the word of God that is growing in your heart and in your life. And you'll find out that what is temporal really doesn't matter compared to that which is eternal. The last ground is listed in verse number 23 of Matthew 13. It says, He that received seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, and it also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some an hundredfold, some sixty and some thirty. The good ground is that which received the word of God. I'll give you a couple thoughts and I'll be done. We see in this passage there are four types of soil. There are four types of, of, of the human heart. We are not the judge of the soil. We do not know what another man's heart is. We do not know what another man or woman is, is what's going on in their heart. We're responsible for our own heart. But I do see that we are commanded, no matter what kind of a heart somebody has, we are commanded to preach the gospel to every creature. We are commanded to be witnesses in Jerusalem. That's our home. Judea, that's the outlying area. Samaria, that's the place where nobody wants to go. And we're supposed to be witnesses to the uttermost parts of the earth. The seed is the word of God. I want to ask you this evening, is your heart good ground for the word of God? How about tonight? This would be a great example. Did your heart tonight receive the word of God that was preached? I haven't gotten too deep. I've not gotten complex. I don't know how to get deep and complex in case you haven't figured that out yet. I've just tried to tell you, here's what the Bible says. Here's what the word of God says. But have you received it? Uh, what about this morning in the service? Did you receive the message that was preached? You say, oh, well, I thought you were preaching to the public servants. Well, friend, every time the word of God is preached, there's something in it for you. And there's something in it for me. And I try to always make that application because we must be ready to receive the word of God. What about in your Bible reading? Maybe I should say this. Do you read your Bible? It's hard to receive something if you don't read it. It's hard to receive something if you don't show up for it. You say, well, pastor, I'm... I'm glad you're preaching this tonight because we've got some newer Christians and we got some folks that, you know, they need to get more faithful. And I'm glad. Oh, no, no, no. No, I'm preaching this to the pastors. I'm preaching this to myself. I'm preaching this to the Christian school teachers. I'm preaching this to our Sunday school teachers and master club workers. And I'm preaching this to every one of us because all of us have the danger that our heart can get cold and our heart can get hard. 
to the things of God. And I don't want to have a hard heart, but I want to have a heart that is receptive. Closing remarks. I've got five of them and I'll be done. Number one, for all of us, we better watch out for the birds. You say birds. Yeah, the birds are anything that comes and snatches the word of God out of your life. I think for some, that could be called and that could be labeled very easily as a hobby. You know, there are some hobbies that keep people out of church. I, I don't understand it. Uh, but again, I'm not the judge of that person's soil. I'm not the judge of that person's heart. But I'll tell you this. I need to be in church. I need the preaching. My children need the preaching. My family needs the word of God. I need it. I've got to have it. I don't want the birds to come and snatch away the seed before it ever takes root. You better watch out for the birds. Maybe it's sports. Uh, maybe it's a job. Maybe it's overtime. And I understand for some of you with your work schedules, you're on the, uh, the, the, the schedules that are always changing and you don't have control. I understand that. But I'm saying this, I do everything in my power to get myself and get my family and get my children in church under the preaching of the word of God because the preaching has the power to change lives. You better watch out for the birds. Anything that can steal away the seed of the word of God. Secondly, you better get rooted deep in your faith. This cannot be just a fad. This cannot be just, well, everybody else is doing it or, hey, my best friend's doing it. Good, I'm glad that's what got you into church. But what's gonna keep you in church is that you are rooted for yourself in the word of God. Number three, you better get rid of the rocks. You say, what are the rocks? The rocks are anything that keep you from growing deeper in your relationship with the Lord. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a coworker. Uh, maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's not even sinful, but maybe it is one of those weights that Hebrews talks about that so easily beset us. They so easily get us off track from running the race. You better get rid of those rocks. Number four, you better guard against the thorns. The thorns, again, that's the cares of this world. And you know, we all have cares. We all have responsibilities. We all have burdens. We all have jobs. We all have things that we are responsible for. And I'm not saying you should not have responsibility. I'm saying you should never allow the responsibility to come between you and your Lord. Nothing between my soul and the Savior. And then number five, you, and I say you, but we, we better get the word of God in our heart in our mind, in our life, and let it work and bring forth fruit. I cannot bring forth fruit of my own and neither can you. But the seed of the word of God can bring forth much fruit. Did you see what it said? 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. That's powerful. And you can't do it, and I can't do it because we're just the sowers. We're just the average, ordinary, common person, not a lot of talent, not a lot of ability, but that's okay. We just have to be faithful to sow the seed. And the power is in the seed. You say, what about the soil? There's some people I know and I think they've got some hard hearts. Well, guess what? They need some seed their way. They need the gospel too. You let God figure out the hard issues. You and I do our part to get the seed to every soil, to every creature, 
and let the power of the Word of God do its work. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.